Hello and welcome to the Body Shepherd Podcast. This show gives the guidance you need for the fit life you want. Hosted by Dan Krask, Certified Personal Trainer and Owner of Body Shepherd. Hey, welcome back to the Body Shepherd Podcast, season number two. I am a certified personal trainer and co-owner of Body Shepherd. My name is Dan. Thanks for tuning in. So this season, we're going through and going through a bunch of questions that I get asked quite often. And today's question is simply, what's one training tip that I would give to anyone? But first, I want to tell you how to reach me. You can reach me at bodyshepherd.com. That's B-O-D-Y-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D.com. You can also find Body Shepherd on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and you can also uh, just send a message, a direct message through any of those platforms and reach me directly if you have any uh, inquiries about training or the uh, season one general nutrition guide, which is on the website, by the way, in a very, very user-friendly format. Hope you go check that out. But yeah, reach me. I'm here to answer all your questions and uh, maybe even we can work together. So yeah, I I actually answer all my direct messages and my emails uh, personally. I don't have a vir- virtual assistant or another trainer or anyone else that answers the messages. And as I go through and answer messages, I find myself answering one question a lot as it pertains to training. And that is, hey, do you have a tip, something you can just give me in terms of general guidance for training? I also hear this when I just meet people, new people, and uh, we strike up a conversation about training and they learn that I'm a personal trainer and they uh, they inevitably ask, hey, do you just have any you know tips or anything that you would say about training in general? And the one thing that I tell them, uh, is what I'm going to focus today's episode on, and it always surprises people. And the tip simply is this, slow down. That's it, slow down. When it comes to training, I think that we've kind of uh, athleticized our gym time to the degree that we go in with a competition mindset. And with competition, at least in Western civilization, we always think of speed. I need to do things faster, quicker, stronger. You get the idea. And so it's evolved, and I, I believe, and I know I'm going deep into this, you know, philosophical approach. But I promise I'll come back to, to the surface level here in a minute. But I think that it's because uh, you know we want to get we we're, we're all short on time, and we want to get through the workout quickly. But at the same time, we want to sling a lot of weight. We want to grow our muscles and get stronger and get leaner. And so what we end up doing is the way what that looks like is doing real fast repetitions. You know, think of a a leg curl or an arm curl or a bench press and, you know, just kind of like a, you know, a quicker kind of pace. And, um, you know, if you go inside any gym, any, any, you know, big gym these days that doesn't have a lot of personal trainers kind of watching out for how people are using it. You'll see this. You'll see a lot of quick repetitions. Um, if if you know about form, you see a lot of sloppy form. But my my tip to people who are starting out or who are in a gym in a, in a fitness routine and can maybe feel stuck or feel kind of like they've plateaued is to slow down. And that's what I want to focus uh, on today through just a few different points on what it means to slow down in the gym. So. Big picture, we're just talking about slow, controlled movements. These types of movements have been proven time and time again through countless research and scientific studies and pioneers like Arthur Jones that slow, controlled movements 
stimulate more muscle fibers than your quick, uh, you know, uh, gravity assisted movements. If you can grab hold of a dumbbell and start with your arm fully extended down, you know, down by your hip, let's say you're standing or sitting, and then slowly raise that dumbbell up into a curled position. And let's just say if you can curl it up at a count to five, one, two, three, four, five. Now hold that weight for a count of two and then descend to a full extended position for the same count. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, that is full control. That is full stimulation of your bicep and the assisting muscles. And that's hard to do. Not to mention it looks kind of weird, right? I mean, if you're in a gym and everyone's just kind of doing that do, 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 do type of thing, and you're in there doing the slow controlled movements, I mean, you're the odd person out. Um, however, you're the smartest person there because you're actually stimulating more muscle. You're getting more return on your investment with every lift than the other people doing it the quick and, and fast way. Now, there's an entire philosophy built around what I'm talking about, and it's simply called high-intensity training. Uh, you will want to do some diligent Googling on this because Google's going to think you meant high-intensity interval training. Um, and it's unfortunate that the high-intensity training folks don't understand this and that they've sort of just given in to the, uh, the, their loss on Google with, with this. But nonetheless, if you search diligently, if you search for people like Arthur Jones, uh, you're going to find that the slow and controlled movements, uh, there's a lot of information. There are a lot of podcasts specifically out there that I really enjoy listening to with people like Eric Feigl and Neil, uh, what's his last name? He has a podcast called um, High Intensity Business. Two podcasts that, that center, at, at their center of gravity is high intensity training. It'd be a, a worthy listen to if you're interested in more uh, in-depth uh, pieces of what I'm of what I'm talking to, but the idea is simply just to take every lift you do, slow and controlled, so that gravity and momentum are not assisting your lifting. Now, this has a practical side to it as well. You are a human being. You need to be able to push and pull and curl and hinge and flex in a slow, controlled movement uh, in all kinds of situations. For instance, have you ever uh, m helped someone move? Um, I think helping someone move their house or apartment is probably just sort of a no-brainer example of what, I'm, of what we're talking about here, given it's not something you do every day, but it does, ex it does sort of exemplify the reasons why you need to be able to take something that's somewhat heavy to lift and be able to uh, slowly descend it into a place, like thinking of a couch being gently laid on some nice, freshly refinished hardwood floors, or taking a piece of furniture around a corner and not wanting to nick a wall. Um, those are two examples of how you need to be able to slowly um, work with weight. Another example is for parents. If you are a parent of, say, a toddler or a chunky baby, and you've got that kid to sleep, and you need to slowly lower that kid down into the crib so it doesn't wake up, you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. Uh, you got to be able to do that too. And if you really started to try and apply some critical thought to it, you could actually come up with a lot of reasons why you need to be able to control any kind of weight in a very slow, uh, 
contraction and then a slow descent of that weight so that you can remain in control and not damage or hurt or or disturb whatever it is you're lifting. Slow and controlled movements have all kinds of very practical applications. So if you want to get started on this, next time you're at the gym, do this. Start with a 4-2-4 tempo. Simply, uh, like I said, if you're doing a bench press or a push-up, leg curl, arm curl, leg, uh, arm extension for triceps, whatever, just start with 4-2-4. Four, four. Uh, do the first part of your movement for a count of four, and then hold the weight, hold the, hold the contraction or extension for a count of two, and then descend for a count of four. You'll probably have to go down in weights. And for instance, if you're accustomed to curling a 25-pound dumbbell, uh, you will probably have to go down to at least a 20, maybe even a 15, if you're going to go with higher repetitions. And I would encourage you to, to do these repetitions to muscle failure. In other words, do these repetitions to a point where you can no longer lift the weight. You have to drop it or rest it down. Um, there's all kinds of research related to not just slow and controlled, but going to muscle failure is sort of the, the part B to that. But my number one tip here is just simply to slow down in the gym when you're doing it. You're going to get much more return out of that kind of investment than letting momentum and letting gravity kind of uh, do all the work for you. Now, there are two other parts to slowing down that I just want to mention in passing. The first is about eating. Uh, you should slow down and savor your food. Enjoy it. The more you can slow down and enjoy your food, the more you're going to be mentally satiated. And it's going to be a lot easier on uh, your digestive tract. Uh, there's all kinds of studies that have proven that it's helped better for your teeth. It's better for your, uh, your gut health. Uh, food that's eaten slower and chewed, chewed more thoroughly, that means you're going to be breaking down all of the fibers and the parts to the food and making it more bioavailable. There's just all kinds of good reasons to slow down when you eat. And the last thing about slowing down is about your expectations. Um, as I record this, it is January, and so there's a ton of New Year's resolutionists out right now who want to be slim and trim and muscular by the time warm weather hits in a few months. And if they're obese or you know severely overweight, it's just not going to happen. So we got to slow down our expectations. Ask yourself, how long did it take to become overweight or obese? It, it didn't happen overnight. It probably took somewhere between two and five, maybe even 10 years to do that. So it's going to take some time. Uh, you might be a year out from now and have uh, made some really good choices on on your lifestyle, but it might take a little bit longer for that lifestyle to produce the, the type of results and expectations for yourself. I'm not saying totally give up on you know seeing big changes, but slow down your expectations a little bit and see what happens. By slowing down those expectations, you're going to Avoid the depression that often comes from putting in like a great week of workout and eating only to look in the mirror and see mostly the same body, especially early on. This is a massive pitfall for folks that I see on a regular basis where they go super heavy in to a new lifestyle, into a new program. And then when the work really starts, which is about a month out, um, they're still looking at the same body and they have not adjusted expectations that their expectations are further along they're they're they have the mindset of someone 100 pounds less than they are right now and so we got to slow down those expectations in terms of how long it's going to take to get to where you want to go and so that's today's episode slow down the the key here is just to slow down 
when you're in the gym with those contractions, with those repetitions. I know it's gonna look weird. I know you're gonna be the weird person in the gym going really, really slow, but I promise you, you're gonna get better results to your physique. That's my number one training tip when I tell, when we're talking to, when I'm talking to people about training is, hey, slow down. Uh, if you go fast, you are allowing gravity and momentum to do the majority of the work for you, and you're really not stimulating a whole lot of muscle. So slow down. You'll look weird, but you'll have the better body for it. And then, of course, slow down with your eating and slow down with your expectations. And that's it. Thanks for tuning in on this episode. Season two is a series of questions and answers, questions that I get often, and I'm just trying to answer them in, a, in the best, most practical way that I possibly can. If this podcast episode has interested you in talking further with me, please reach out. Uh, I answer all my messages myself. You can find me at bodyshepherd.com. That's B-O-D-Y-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D.com. You can also find me on social media. I'm active on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I hope to hear from you soon because as I tell every one of my clients, whenever we face a new challenge, the only direction we're going is onward.